and welcome. You're watching Medically Speaking. This is a time of a pandemic, a time when everyone is worried about the third wave. The second wave is over. But what about those who are suffering from long-term COVID effect? It's a very stressful time for anyone, all of us, as it is, but for those who have underlying neurological conditions, those who are suffering from some brain fog post-COVID, what about them? What should they do? Should they get vaccinated or not? What are the symptoms they should watch out for? Should they continue with their physiotherapy, with their medication, with their hospital visits or not? And more. That's what we will be discussing in the next half an hour. To discuss the same with me, I have a panel of experts. I'd like to welcome them all. Uh, we have uh, Dr. J.D. Mukherjee. He is the director uh, of neurology at the Max Hospital. Uh, we also have Dr. Rajneesh Kumar. He is a senior consultant uh, and uh, of neurology. This is uh, from the uh, Paris Hospital. He was earlier with Fortis Hospital. He also has an NGO and is helping epilepsy patients. Uh, also, uh, we have uh, Dr. Ranjan. He is a senior consultant in Apollo. We'll be very shortly joined uh, by Dr. Padma also, Dr. M.B. Padma, Professor Padma Radha. And she is a, uh, the head of neurology department uh, of the All India Institute of Medical Science. I welcome you all doctors. My very first question, and I'd like to um, you know, start with Dr. Mukherjee. What about someone who has recovered from COVID and perhaps feels extremely fatigued, has a loss of you know, memory, um, doesn't feel like doing the daily chores? Is it possible that they're suffering from brain fog? First of all, in layman's term, what exactly is brain fog? And can COVID trigger it to begin with? Thank you very much for giving me an opportunity to share my thoughts in this August forum. <clears throat> So first of all, I'd like to start with that brain fog is not a disease or a disorder well-known. It's uh, not a very well-defined condition, but it's a conglomeration of symptoms that include general feeling of fatigue, cognitive uh, inefficiencies like inability to concentrate, inability to focus, the customary speed of clarity of thoughts when doing a cognitive function. So it's, a com it's like, you know, somebody who has got an alcohol withdrawal or an alcohol overflow or jet lag, confused, who work fast, not able to concentrate. That combination of symptoms is what is called as brain fog. It's a, it's a general term and it's not a specific disease. But what has been noticed is that a lot of post-COVID status, a lot of patients suffer from this. Now, there can be various reasons for this that we can discuss as we go on. But this is the broad outline definition of what is brain fog. Mm. Now, the major symptom of this is basically not able to think properly, not able to concentrate, not able to focus, not able to type, not able to do things the speed with which we were accustomed to. Let me put it at that. So, you know, you're telling us not able to focus, not able to, you know, uh, sleep, but this can also look to someone, a layman, like a symptom uh, of perhaps anxiety post-COVID. COVID, maybe depression post-COVID, how are they to even recognize these symptoms? That's, that's the so, first question which comes to my mind. And what are they supposed to do next? Should they visit a neurologist? Should they go to a hospital? What should they possibly do? So when anyone has these problems, they should definitely consult their doctor. They don't have to rush to a neurologist. They can consult their doctor. And the doctor can clinically examine them and see if these symptoms 
require a neurologist view? Does it require a CT scan or an MRI or any other blood test? So I'm sure any doctor would be able to adjudicate that this requires this. This investigations are not investigations. You are right. There will be a lot of overlay, overlap of anxiety, depression, confusion, dementia, all these features, there will be an overlay and overlap of these symptoms in a patient with brain fog. So each needs to be ruled out. Now, as you know, in COVID, you can have encephalitic picture, you can have strokes. Yes. So all this needs to be excluded before we call it as a brain fog. But let us break it all down in simple language, in layman's term. And that's where perhaps, you know, Dr. Anjan, uh, you could come in, sir, help us understand really, um, uh, how does COVID to begin with affect the brain? In layman's term, how are people to understand that to begin with? Brain fog is basically quite a vague term. Right from, as you rightly said, right from these patients of COVID having anxiety, to depression, to the other extreme, that they are confused, they have memory disturbances, they are unable to concentrate, they are restless, they don't get sleep. So this, what I would call then, a patient has a brain fog. So the two things which is very important as far as I'm concerned. In my own practice, I find that the brain fog phenomena is more common in the elderly than the younger individuals. That's number one. You got to make sure whether your patient already did not have an underlying memory disturbance or he did not have underlying dementia, which has now become precipitated in the post-COVID period, which we are using the word as post-fog syndrome. So there was a study which was being done in Nimhans. When I asked him the same question, has anybody evaluated these patients for their pre-existing memory status and then these patients developing brain fog? That's number one. The second part is what I've seen very often is that people who we say have got brain fog, they are under a number of drugs. So sometimes you really don't know whether these drugs itself is causing their confusion. Now, a small example, there is an anti-epileptic, which is called Levisitran. If the patient by any chance had seizures in the period of his COVID, he's on this drug, they very often develop higher mental function disturbances. I had two such patients who were on this drug and what I did only was to stop the drug and they were out of the brain fog. So I think brain fog needs to be looked in a bigger perspective, in a totality of what are you dealing with. For a patient, everything is a memory loss. It is for us to judge whether he has depression, whether he has anxiety, whether he has confusion, whether he has memory loss. Right. Um, let me also, you know, uh, bring in Dr. Ranjan at this point of time. So we are specifically talking about brain fog and then, of course, we'll go to other uh, neurological disorders, stroke, of course, uh, as was pointed out by Dr. Mukherjee, uh, another, you know, very common, um, uh, commonly we had seen uh, happening in COVID patients. Uh, but 
really how long does these covid related neurological symptoms and if we talk specifically of brain fog how long does it last can it have uh, a lifelong or a long lasting effect or is there something which patients can do to manage the same dr anjan over to you sir is for me um uh, sorry sorry i will now let's uh, actually bring in uh, dr kumar dr kumar you. Uh, over to you sir yeah. uh, you know uh, as uh, dr ranjan specified you know you have number of causes of brain fog so we need to look at you know what is the reason behind it and then we need to work up many of the cases maybe you know because of depression anxieties fatigueability which is happening because of the disease so it's you need to basically help the patient in the sense we need to motivate them a little bit like uh, doing aerobic exercises it has been seen you know, it's a very good way to really help the patient so you know you can start with small exercises of 5 to 10 minutes duration slowly you need to increase it and as you increase you will find that you know because uh, that exercises also helps in your memory and retentions so that's going to help us in this conditions and the best way to doing is would about uh, 30 minutes of exercises five times uh for five times a week so if you start and you slowly do those things you find that now the person slowly starts to come up in his normal self people are saying you know diets diet is very much important you know diets which are rich in you know antioxidants fruits normal vegetables you know diets are very very important nuts uh, so they can help us out in coming out of this conditions thirdly you know people have seen that you know socializing is does helps out a lot because all these period we have been you know living in our own selves interactions have been less it's only been digital interactions so as much as the social interactions increases a number of persons would recover in this condition because that also gives a comfort to our living people have right. seen that you know sleep is very important you know because if you have a good sleep that also helps out because good sleep is something which is helping our body systems immune systems to come up and that is another way it is going to help with this condition so it's basically an overall conditions that we need to assess and we treat it according when you have covid you're completely isolated for children it's for the more difficult for parents they have to take care of children who aren't going outdoors at all um elderly everyone completely locked up in the house no social life also if you get covid there is at least back in the second wave there was a high fear of morbidity reports coming in of no beds availability how is a person to manage their brain health um in a situation yeah, like would, that uh, again see that the food the brain fog in the elderly would ideally be different from a situation in the children why i say that mm -hmm. because the in children what may be interpreted as a brain fog could be anxiety depression staying in the house irritability lack of concentration lack of adjustment child for 6 months in the house how long can he keep on do you online classes right but okay you know i focused a lot on brain fog because that was more in the news that something which was bothering a lot of laymen but let's talk about other neurological diseases also and since we are focusing and you just spoke about the elderly dr kumar uh, please come in here sir a lot of elderly have parkinson's disease they have alzheimers how are they to take care of themselves what happens if they get covid and what is a general 
you know a care or a tip you would like to give a caregiver who's taking care of an elderly perhaps who has a parkinson's disease alzheimers or you know other such severe neurological issues because you know if you see parkinson's or you see alzheimers we know that you know the caregivers are also too much stressed out because they have to look into the things uh, they cannot express it especially in alzheimers people you know they do not have any insights so it becomes a very big problem to really support them Uh, you had number of you know some small groups also that the patients would come in the morning would meet and then they would have they would go off so they were earlier in this pre covid area you had those type of facilities small facilities were there but they were also closed down during this period of time so we we found you know i found out you know many of my patients you know they suffered a lot and the caregiver also suffered a lot you know i had number of my caregivers who had a migraine you know migraine increased who had headaches or tension headaches had increased so the caregivers were also having a lot of problem so what we did it from our hospital we used to have a small zoom meeting of the caregivers that we were doing it out if you could hear with the patients we were trying to do those out because uh, the more you talk about you know if they can express the things you can really give a small directions that helps out a lot in this condition because medical medications we do not have a lot of medication we do not need to change a lot of medications but you need to have a support which is very very essential but can the they or should they continue medication dr mukherjee uh, you know patients perhaps are suffering from neurological diseases are there any medication which they should stop because there were earlier reports that uh, stroke medications may not go well with covid medication what should such patients do should they continue with their normal medication over and above you know the covid steroids or other medicine which they must, may, may be consuming so that's a very pertinent question that you have asked so one uh, let me answer it in sub groups supposing somebody has a pre existing medication for example for epilepsy or for parkinson's disease or for myasthenia gravis they should continue with those medicines what happens is because the level of care drops particularly if it's an isolated ward or an isolate or isolated at home the level of care drops tremendously and patients are lost out on these medications so all efforts must be done to continue with the medications coming to your specific question about stroke and covid uh, that we have to see what is the type of stroke that it's a hemorrhagic stroke we can't continue with the aspirin that we were giving earlier and vice versa if it is a if there is an hemorrhage due to some other reasons again we can't give aspirin but if it's an ischemic stroke i don't see any reason why we cannot continue with the medication we may sometimes have to increase the dosage of medication for example somebody is got myasthenia gravis and there is a respiratory worsening then we have to increase the dosage certain patients require increase scaling up the steroid doses Some patients require scaling up the um, required medicines for parkinsons so mm. every patient will be dealt with differently there cannot be one rule for it but the general the principle is continue with the treatment that you were having pre covid and if required the dosage can be adjusted escalated scaled down depending on the response of the drug to the patient the patient has uh, but uh, dr mukherjee you know um, one of my final questions to you are there any uh, neurological condition which itself can get triggered due to covid um, uh, could you could you elaborate on that a little bit shed some light on the same so as we have already discussed all neurological conditions can get exacerbated during covid post covid they are well known right because of the stress and strain and because of the peculiar situations and the peculiar pathophysiology which happens in covid for example strokes can happen again in a person who has already had strokes you can parkinsonism can worsen a because of the direct effect of the disease or because of the lack of medication myasthenia gravis is one of them which has worsened it can cause respiratory failure so all these conditions and you can have gillan bagya bare syndrome which is well known so 
following uh, covid infection so all of this all neurological conditions can worsen following covid right they can worsen so but um, those who already have these conditions are they more susceptible to catching covid is yes. that is there a correlation there's no direct correlation the work is still going on a lot of studies have come up but i cannot give you a direct correlation but yes they are very vulnerable and it can worsen that's the general message that we would like to give all right dr ranjan all right dr ranjan my last question to you uh, what about inoculation vaccination should uh, you know people who have neurological conditions should they refrain from getting vaccinated um, or should they just go ahead and get vaccinated at the first perhaps as they are more susceptible any which way to catching covid well thank you very much i have asked this question at least 10 times in a day on my telephone or the whatsapp message believe me i do not uh, i tell everybody to have the vaccine there are only in some situations where i'm slightly scared to be very honest with you i'm not scared in stroke i'm not scared in parkinson's i'm not scared in dementia i'm only scared in drugs which are immune modulated illnesses like multiple sclerosis gulenbare these are immune mediated diseases i'm not too sure nobody in the world is sure whether the vaccine is safe in this condition so what do they do in that case? i i honestly tell them avoid if you can take avoid taking a vaccine in other no other situation i tell my patient not to take a vaccine hmm uh, would you would you agree dr kumar yeah it's the you know i also tell my patient most of the patients i tell them you know you need to take those things it's only what about multiple multiple sclerosis etc do you tell them to avoid it depends you know it depends upon what of the disease modulating uh, drugs okay. they are on so i decide upon those things you know one which are immune uh, mediating ones and they are a little bit more potential so in those i am a little bit skeptical but rest i would like to give in all the patients i tell them to take it as soon as possible All right, all right, uh, Doctor uh, Mukherjee. I'm going to give you the last word as we close this debate. Uh, what will be your, your message to those perhaps who are already suffering from neurological, uh, you know, disorders at this difficult time? Third wave. Um, many say impending. Many experts say already here. Some say coming in a week, a month or so. What will be your message uh, to them at the end? Get scared. Get vaccinated unless you're specifically told not to get vaccinated. most of the neurological conditions particularly the brain fog where we started is self limited and becomes solvent so let us be positive about it this is not a very bad condition most of the cases have recovered very well but get vaccinated majority of the patients should get vaccinated except there is there's a clear exception to that which are very very far in all right the majority of patients do get vaccinated best to of course continue your medication um be in touch with your doctors continue your video consultations continue your physiotherapy but at the same time take all precautions thank you all of you for joining us on this panel uh, rather riveting conversation i really hope all our viewers uh, it's been helpful to you stay safe stay indoors thank you for watching thank you very much thank you for more such videos subscribe to the newsx youtube channel hit the bell icon